Hey mom. Hey baby. This is Theory with an I. And this is Danny with a Y. And you are tuned in to Eating Rotten Apples. Hey. Hi guys. And we are back with another episode. I am grateful for everybody that has been tuning in every single Monday. Really grateful and blessed that you guys, you know, tune in and you we, know. We made it to number 41 in America. Podcast. On the podcast list, I'm shocked. Like, that's insane. 41 out of America. 41. Thank and, you. And we're just getting started. Uh, but this one's a little personal because it's something that I hold close to my heart. It's about my addiction, my opioid and cocaine addiction. I really did not want to <laughs> do this, but a woman that I had dinner with last week told me that there are so many women that need to hear your rock bottom mm-hmm. so they know that they can recover. Mm-hmm. They need to see your testimony. And that is what I am here to do. I am on social media every day making people laugh and making them see that it's okay to be challenged with life. So why not with the community that we have built together? I am going to put everything that makes Danny Danny on the table. And if you guys don't like me after this, I understand. But if I can just reach one person. Which you will. To let them know that you are not alone. I'm here for you. Just be nice to me. <laughs> because it's so touchy. I, I feel like a shit person. And I understand that. And I'm sorry that you feel that way. But you have to understand that a lot of people are going to... Look that they're going to look at you completely different in the best way possible. The best way possible. There's going to be haters. Of course, there's always haters. But there's going to be someone out there that's going to be like, wow, I feel more connected to you because me too. All right. So go ahead. Here goes nothing. My mom kicked me out when I was 16. A lot of you guys don't know that I was a stripper. I was a stripper when I was 17 years old. I got addicted to pills when I was 20, going on to 21. I started off with Adderall. Mm -hmm. It moved into the Percocets. Mm -hmm. And then it gradually moved into the cocaine. Now, when you took Percocets, is it? Mm -hmm. Percocets. When you took Percocets, was it like... Did you do it, like, okay, out of, like, pressure? Like, you wanted to be cool? Did you want to, like, lose weight? Like, what was the reason behind you taking drugs? Uh, so I took the pills because I seen other girls in the club. Okay. My boyfriend at the time would give me pills to give to other girls at the, the nightclub. Okay. And they were just really chill. They didn't, it didn't bother them. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to take a perk or let me take some Adderall to, like, chill out. That is what really started my my downhill spiral. Mm-hmm. I would take about two to three tens every single night that I would work. I would nod off a whole bunch of times, getting my makeup done, giving lap dances. It started just by doing it at work. Mm-hmm. But then it moved into any time that I would go out with my friends, any time that I was going to be social, any time that I would do anything. I just always needed a perk to be functioning. Mm. 
I didn't even know I was an addict at that time. I just was like, shit, I'm still taking care of my kid. I'm still paying my bills. I still look good. So I can't be a drug addict. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that because I seen drug addicts in Kensington. You drive through Kensington, you you know exactly what a crackhead looks like. I didn't yeah. look like them. So I wasn't affected by that. I remember many times, I'm me waking up many times, don't know where, where exactly I was. Mm -hmm. Waking up from text messages from my friends saying, oh my God, what the fuck did you do last night? And I'm mm -hmm. like, I, I don't know. It was so embarrassing, but I didn't, didn't care. Mm -hmm. But with that, with that mindset, like, oh, I'm not no crackhead. I'm not, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm, I'm a fly girl doing fly girl shit. Wrong. I went to this rave. It's, it was on Columbus Boulevard and we got extremely high. The next morning I was like, oh my God, what was that? And she was like, oh, you, a lot of cocaine, a, a shit ton of cocaine. And I was like, and that's the night that I found out I liked cocaine and I liked cocaine more than I liked Percocets. And I felt like I was consuming more per Percocets to keep me high mm -hmm. that I was purchasing. And tens are not cheap unless you buy them by the bulk. They're $10 a pop. One little pill is, is $10. So how much do you think you were spending weekly? Weekly? Holy crap. Uh... I know prices are like way different nowadays. It's probably, like... probably. I would buy 10 tens a week. Okay. And also I would take Xanax mm. and syrup. Xanax and syrup is a different type of high. And that's a, that's a that was what I would do when I would be at home. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of embarrassing. I, like, did you notice any of this? Um... No, my, and I tell my mom this all the time that I don't remember anything about my childhood. Cause I'm terrified that I traumatized you. I can't remember. You know anything. that that is a sign of trauma where you don't remember. Like yeah, there was traumas like with like you know your ex boyfriends like that that I that I remember those I never remembered you taking drugs you've um if you did one thing you've kept that yeah pretty you've and I'm not saying oh congratulations I'm proud of you but I'm proud of you because a lot of parents out there they they show their kids that they're like not show yeah. their kids but they will not up in front of their kid or they'll yeah pop a perk or s snort right in front of their kids yeah but i'm grateful for you for actually not doing that in front yeah. of me. if you did i don't remember but like oh, no. <laughs> I, I i didn't do that that's yeah i tried to keep it as far as possible visually mm -hmm. but i was high 90 yeah, percent of the time I don't remember that which pretty it sucks and as an adult i see my highs like i would just pick you up from my sister's house from not seeing you for two days because i was on a binge and you would just think that you're at your aunt's mm -hmm. and i'm like no i was on a binge a binge is where you just want to get high all day all day every day unfortunately i did that i'm sorry i love you guys please don't hate me yeah. um but i would rather you go to a safe place yeah. And not see mom just having wanting, fun. Not even having head. fun. Yeah, it, it wasn't even really fun. It was kind of, I felt icky when I didn't have it. And 
You're a drug addict. That's literally all I have to say. Yeah, I, I just wanted to be high. I liked to, one, feel numb when I'm at work because I hated my job. And two, feel good on the outside when I don't have to work. But I, I did try to keep it away from you as, as much as possible. Yeah. But my ex boyfriend at the time it was just so easy to get those drugs but i'm i'm sorry it's okay it's, <laughs> i mean i'm it's, just like it's i'm not just okay. so sorry it's it's not and it if it's one thing that hurts me is that i can't remember anything because i would love to tell stories like yeah i did this as a kid but like are you able to cry no i don't cry um, i hurt her you, you didn't hurt me it just sucks that like when I'm having a conversation with people I can't relate because I don't remember. And I would love to, and I'm not trying to hurt you or like, like, mom, like, what did you do? Like, this is your fault. But it just sucks that I can't remember anything. And I would love to remember anything about my childhood. I remember like small pieces of it, but nothing like when you guys talk about stories of, you remember when you and Tristan did this? I'm like, no. And, and I'm like, I remember it because it was a high's high. Yeah. I'm, picking you up being so on my high like shopping sprees like yeah. I did that a lot because I felt guilty but I felt good inside yeah like okay I could just buy her whatever she wants or take you to a trip or do yeah. these kind of things and I guess you wouldn't remember that as much as I would because I hated myself that I did that to you and you probably it's just the norm. It was the the norm. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It just hurts to know that I did that. And so many of my friends are always like, Danielle, you, you held it together. It's not the fact that I held it together. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that I couldn't be the best type of mom that I needed to be for my kid. When people take their hat off to me for being functional, mm -hmm. I get pissed off. It's like, don't reward me for bad behavior like that. I wasn't doing it necessarily for you. I was doing it for me. I was making sure that I was okay with being a bad mom. Like I'm giving my, I'm trying to do the best that I can because I don't want me to feel even worse than what I felt. Cause I know I shouldn't have been, you know, dropping you off for a few days. I shouldn't have been being high. I shouldn't have been picking you up when I was high. And that is what ultimately began my... You got to sober up thing? Yeah, or... that was the beginning of my rock bottom. My rock bottom was I got three DUIs. I almost blew up the gas station. I was three times over the legal limit of alcohol and drugs, but I was so high and I was so irritated by my, my boyfriend at the time that I was arguing with him on speakerphone. And I was too high to realize that I still had the gas pump pumping in my, my gas tank. Mm -hmm. And I decided that I was going to pull out of the gas station and drive until some guy was like, hey, you know, you have a gas pump hanging out of your car. Your car. And at the time, I'm the only person with the orange Cadillac. It was a special edition Cadillac. Like, everybody knew who I was. I worked across the street at the strip club. And I always went to the same gas station at night. I knew that they knew me. So my ass decided that I was going to drive back to the gas station, hand them the gas pump, but instead of me doing that, there was like 16 police officers there and they arrested me. That was DUI one. Mm -hmm. DUI two, I fell asleep after work, after 
Percocets. Consuming all the drugs. Consuming all the drugs and alcohol. But when I talk about alcohol, I can live without it. I go months without drinking alcohol. I She's still on her journey of no alcohol. Yeah, I'm still on my journey. I know you guys think that I'm drinking, but I'm really not drinking because I love non-alcoholic wine. But I don't drink as often as a lot of people think that I do. But it's never been my addiction. The addiction part was always cocaine and pills. Mm -hmm. um, DUI too. I was on my way to Miami. I fell asleep behind a wheel and smacked into um, a car. Then DUI three, it, I was high on cocaine and I was coming from karaoke. But with all of that, that wasn't really what woke me up. Mm -hmm. My moment in time where I just had, I knew I had to get my shit together was with you. Mm -hmm. Theory is the reason why, not because I loved her, not because I decided that I she deserved better. It's because my moment with theory was horrible. So hard to say. Why do I always get like I hate talking about it because it's awful. So I was intoxicated again, and I I went to my sister's house and she just was like, Danielle, you're really fucked up. Please don't drive home with theory. And I, I'm like, don't tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. Unapproachable, because I knew every fucking thing. And I, um, I drove with my kid, and I was very intoxicated. I got home, and I went to bed. That's the only thing that I can remember is me going home, going to bed. And I wake up three o'clock in the fucking morning with my car alarm going off and my boyfriend at the time running to see what was going on because they thought somebody was taking my car, but it wasn't. It was my kid coming out the car because I forgot you there. Jesus Christ. Yep, it was you and you were crying and I, hold, I held her, she's crying, I'm crying. My boyfriend at the time was yelling at me, calling me all kinds of horrible names, which I really deserved. And we, I went to sleep. I woke up that next day. I called my father. My father and I, I just met him like a few months before. Mm -hmm. Called him and I told him everything that happened. My father's also a recovering addict, but he's an alcoholic. So I called the only person that I felt could relate to me at that time and I called him and he came over. He took theory. She went to my sister's house for two weeks and he sat there with me the whole entire time. He did. He sat there. He told his wife, mom, Renee, they would both say prayers over me. And regardless that I knew I never wanted to touch a pill again, I never wanted to touch a pill again. But I thought about it so many times during those two weeks yeah. because I, I was yearning for something to numb what I did, how I felt. I just wanted to disappear. I wanted everything to stop. But the addiction just was still nagging me at the back of my head. I mean, you're doing it for years. So it's kind of hard to just kind of like forget yeah. about something that's normal for you. Yeah, I was a mother longer though. I know, but... It's not, it's not okay. It's I don't want to okay. say that it's okay, but... But I, you, you, 
and I see why you're hit your beat you're being hard on yourself I understand and and I'm not in your shoes so I really can't say like mom like it's okay like it's fine it's fine you're human you you've grown from that but you you're beating yourself you're beating yourself up pretty hard over something that is hard to come over can you imagine you could have died I I could have and okay but that you could have died. I could have died. You could have died multiple times. Seriously hurt somebody. I could have hurt myself. I could have killed myself multiple mm -hmm. times on the way home. And you went ahead of mom. But I was so consumed by getting money and feeding this fucking disgusting monster that I was creating on my own. Like, if I hated stripping so bad, why would I have to? Why would I stay there? Mm -hmm. Why did I just cover it up with a band-aid and take pills and cocaine? to numb that. I was so unhappy with myself that I was like, I need to consume, I need to consume things to feel numb so I can feel normal. You also had no one to help you. You also had no structure. You had, you had nothing. You were just learning as you were going. The people that you surround yourself with were doing the same exact thing. So you had no one saying, Danny, look. But I, I did. Your right? sister. And I did have Bean, Nicole, okay. Katie. They really did, you know, try. But mm -hmm. they were like, we can't make you do something that you're not ready to do. Yeah. Which is a, a saying that we both try to this day. Yeah. And I do tell people all the time because they ask me, like, what did you do to stop doing pills? Mind you, this was not my first time trying to stop taking pills or cocaine. Like, mm -hmm. I have tried multiple times mm -hmm. but there is nothing nothing that nothing extravagant enough to affect my mental state that I was like I'm done with it for good mm -hmm. but that me seeing my daughter come out of the car that I left her in was enough for me to never want to do it again mm -hmm. and I'm grateful truly grateful to my dad and I need to tell him that <laughs> because I don't tell him enough. It's okay. It's okay. I do have to tell him that I thank him. And I thank you for mm -hmm. never giving up on me. When people ask me about my recovery and what made, what helped me begin my recovery journey. And that car door opening. I still remember what you were wearing. No. That purple dress. With the, um. Stripes. Yes, you are wearing that dress. That's how young you were. Oh, that is what initiated. And I just hope you really forgive me. <laughs> I know you look at it now as like a 19 year old woman, but I'm scared that you're going to remember all the bad things that I did when you're older. Because you keep on saying you don't remember, but I'm like, one day those memories are going to jolt right in. You're going to be like, I remember not being with you for two weeks. I remember you picking me up, nodding off. I remember you wasn't taking a nap. Maybe you were nodding off. So when you guys ask me, do I ever think about taking pills? I've had a couple times in my life where I was just like, it would just be so much easier if I could just mm -hmm. numb that pain. Boston was one of those times when I just was like... Mm -hmm. Um, and I had the most amazing support from Liz and Meredith. Cody was like, I remember being on the phone with Cody for like an hour of our trip. 
-hmm. And she just was like, it's going to be okay. And it's not like I wanted to relapse. I just was like, it just would be easier. And me saying that triggered her into rescue mood. Meredith also, she was like, I'm right down the street. I will drive to Boston. Mm -hmm. it, it was nice to know that I did have people of support even today. Yeah. Yeah, that, that it's, it's hard to admit something and face that. And I'm feeling very scared to, to share this with you guys. No, I think that from what you're doing a great job. And I don't think that they're going to sit here and hate on you or bash on you for someone that you're not. I know, with. but I was that person and you I hate myself person. enough for all of us. You were that person, <laughs> but you came a long way way they can yes they can be a, like disappointed and be like what the heck for you doing what you did but to this day you're not that person I'm you've not. changed you've grown you're 10 times 100 times better than what you are from that person I'm proud of you I'm I would never be mad at you I I can't be mad at you because you stopped and even when you did you were doing what you're doing I still wasn't mad at you. you're my mom I know being your mom doesn't that does not know, that does not like, exempt bad behavior. It, for me, like you're not you're not beating on me, you're not hurting me, you're not yes, you're doing drugs, but that you're not that doesn't mean you're a bad mom. you you have to understand that you're learning. I am. You were okay. and you still to this day are learning, but you were learning, you were young. You like you have to understand that you're human and people make mistakes. I did constantly. I made a lot of a mistakes. A lot of mistakes, but what it did for you was give you structure, a character. It gave you growth for the person that you are to this day. Now, instead of you bashing yourself for what you did, what you're doing now is you're educating other people and helping other people, helping other mothers, young women, young men, young black people in our community. Yeah, I just, it's, thank you. I just don't want anybody else to make that mistake as well. And yeah. that's another reason why I am talking about it is because I don't want you guys to wait until you are you are at rock bottom to get the resources and the help that you need because I wish I would have taken the initiative to want to do better before mm -hmm. that part of my life happened and it really was a ripple effect on everything mm -hmm. from that moment on I vowed that I would do everything in my power to be the better person and not utilize or use my my past and my hurt as a crutch mm -hmm. to be a shitty fucking mom or a shitty fucking human being. And I vowed to do that. And I have really stuck by my guns and mm -hmm. made sure that I changed that. Yeah. I and That's growth. It, it is. I just don't want anybody to really suffer mentally the way that I did all these years because I don't want to, I didn't want to face the fact that I was a bad mom. Mm -hmm. And that is a fear of mine because not saying that my mom was a bad mom, but she raised us the best that she could to her ability and didn't raise us how we needed her to raise us. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my biggest mottos is I will always continue to raise you the way that you need to be raised mm -hmm. and not the way that I want to raise you. Yes, yeah. everybody's path and everybody's life journeys are different. Everybody wants and needs are different. So... I can no longer allow this part of me to hold me back. Mm -mm. And I would never be scared again to talk about my rock bottom. Yeah. Because it can help someone else. And that's what I want to do. I want to change the world. I want I want my story to be a highlight. And maybe that 
this could be your rock bottom. This conversation that we're having today could be your rock bottom. And I've talked to many of you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why am I so emotional? It's okay. And I talk to you guys a lot in my, my DMs about recovery. And I'm always trying to give you guys the resources. Mm -hmm. um, hotlines. I have stayed up multiple times just talking to you guys through DMs when you guys want to relapse or you don't know how to get off of your pills. I'm always here. And if I don't respond back to you guys, it's because I get flooded so much. But I'm, I want to be able to let you guys know that you're not, you're not alone. And it's scary facing the future without that crutch. It's even scarier mm -hmm. because a lot of people utilize drugs for different purposes. It does get better. Mm -hmm. We recover. You will recover. Yeah. And um, I'm just hoping that this message reaches whoever it needs to reach. And anybody that's wondering, yes, I did stop dancing. And that is when I met Tina. And no, we were not dating because we were both dating other people. But I did meet Tina in that time. And then we got together a few years later, if anybody was wondering. Hey, Tina. But yeah. Do you ever do like hard drugs? No. Have you ever? Never. It's a fear of mine because... Never. I, um, for one, I don't like partying as it is. I don't like drinking as it is. I don't like doing drugs as it is. Um, but... I've been in situations where people were doing it, and I'm just like, mm. I'm good. Um, just because I see how it not only affects other people, but i seen how much it affected you um, to this day. I would never want to put myself, or I would never want to put you or anyone else in that situation to where they have to pick me up from choosing that type of life. Um, I, would, I would never put myself in that situation or make myself. Would you call me if you ever? If I was like, Mom. I think I, like, want to do this, I would need you. 100%. Yeah. I'm terrified at that. Yeah. <laughs> I know I've told I don't, you I don't many ever, a times where I'm... I don't want to... Like, I can literally feel the pit in your heart drop to your stomach <laughs> the moment I call... Like, if I ever, which pray, I pray to God, I never will. Um, If I call and be like, Mom, I just did, or I feel the need to do this, I can only imagine the pit in your stomach. Yeah. Yeah, I I get terrified when when you go to parties and I'm just like, I wonder, like, would she ever, which, like, because I know I do talk about addicts a lot. I, if you're in a car with me and I see an addict nine times out of ten, I'm going to start talking about his story, their story. I see somebody that is yeah. hunched over or they're looking like they're struggling with drugs. I do want to get out there and I do want to hug them. But then I come up with a story because it's Always. just as simple of going to a party. Yeah. It's just as simple as having that headache. It's just as simple getting surgery and you yeah. needing that That's prescription. It's just as simple to get so addicted to something without even knowing that you're addicted. It's, it's just, it's so easy and it's just so scary that all these, all these scenarios pop in my head when I see somebody and I'm like, it could have been just as simple as that. It mm -hmm. could have been just as one, one little simple, give me that pill. Mm -hmm. It's terrifying. And that's another reason why I freaked out when mom Liz was going through surgery. Yeah. And they gave her opioids. Yeah. And 
I freaked out because they didn't ask her if she had an addictive personality. I, I hate that the medical field is so careless with who they give these opioids to. Mm-hmm. And these are the people that get really strung out on pain relievers where they're incapable of sleeping through the night. And when you are approaching them saying, hey, do you think that it's because of X, Y, Z? And they get defensive and you're like, I can't even do anything, but I can bring awareness to you. Like, hey, these are the signs. Even at my peak of being high, if somebody would have came to me with the facts, I don't know if. I would have been receptive to their knowledge and their concern because I didn't know I was an addict until I realized I was an addict. So I do take my hat off to a lot of people that come to me and talk to me Mm -hmm. knowing that they are an addict and they want change. And I will continue to do the best that I can to give you the resources and support that you need. Because I think that everybody needs a village when you're going through that. Oh, yeah, 100%. This, This was draining but I feel so relieved that I I'm sharing this part of myself Mm -hmm. with all of you guys I I know I have this image of being this incredible mom but I wasn't always Mm -hmm. this person I deep down inside I, I was always a good human but does not make me a good mom I've worked really hard to become this individual that you guys see today and any of these moms out here that are struggling I just want to let you know that I love you from the depths of my soul I love you guys very much I think that and maybe it's because of me and I'm not being biased but I'm being biased because I'm her daughter but I've always thought you were a great mom there's a lot of good things, but you are a, a phenomenal mom to this day. Thank You're you. Amazing. I just and you came a long way. Yeah. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Yeah. And you're an amazing kid. It's Thanks. easy. It was easy. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it, was, it was raising you has been nothing but a phenomenal ride of great emotions. Yeah. Even though. She used to steal my cigarettes and break them. I remember that. Along with, and that's a part of my drug drug journey. Yeah, that I remember that. She does remember is where you would steal my cigarettes. I didn't really smoke. I would only smoke because I was high. It, and I would come home with a pack of cigarettes like almost every night. And Theory would take my cigarettes and break, break them, them wet and, them. Yeah, you didn't start wetting them until it started. She would get in my purse and throw them away. I would get them out because I was going to go to work that night and I needed cigarettes. And I used to always sell Lucy's as well. So you're messing up with my profit as well. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, girl. And then she would go through my wallet. Why were you always going through my purse? Because (laughs) I just felt the need that you were hiding something from me. Yeah. Like... I was hiding something. What were you doing? Drugs. What's no 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 no? What were you doing with cigarettes? Now look, cigarettes had it took a toll on me because I was so scared that she was going to die from cancer. I like cigarettes equals cancer for me, and my mom smoking cigarettes equals cancer for me. That means I have no mom. (laughs) So what I did, I broke them, I wet them, I rubbed them together, just. 
Yeah, she would. She thought. would take them. Yeah, take them, break them, put water in them. You got really sneaky and smart and start putting water in them. And mm-hmm. I could not do anything. No, I never punished you. Mm-hmm. I just would look. Wouldn't even say anything to her. I let her have that because I knew I knew it was coming from a good place. Yeah. I think I found a a vape in your room one time though. You did. I did find a vape in your room. You did. I was just telling Haley about that <laughs> because Haley left her um, vape in my purse and I was like, my mom's going to think it's mine because <laughs> she found mine a while ago. I never really hit it. I hardly ever hit it. Why, um, why were you having a um, vape? What was your... Um... Everyone in high school had it. I never got addicted i don't have i yeah, gracefully you, don't have an addictive personality i don't get addicted to things i can do something the only thing that i may say which is not a flex yeah um when i do like hang out with my friends and we are drinking and i have one white claw mm-hmm. i don't stop that's like my my biggest thing it's just because i'm doing like i'm i already started so like yeah i mean that that's just that's a sign of an ind- yeah, that the but I don't, mind. but I don't like mm. say no, mm. no, no, no. But I don't feel the need to ever drink. I don't ever want to drink. If I'm, if we're like, okay, hey, we're drinking tonight. I'm like, okay. I hardly ever drink when we're all drinking. But when I do drink, the I will, don't stop. The will don't stop. Yeah, I don't stop. I don't feel the need to stop. Like, oh, what shots? What? Yeah. But. But I don't drink hard liquor, ever. Well, I just... Never. If you ever have an issue with not stopping, Mm -hmm. let me know. Because um, if you go in there with the mindset of, let me wait a few minutes. I don't have to drink back to back, back to back, back to back. Yeah. To let yourself process your alcohol. Because you're... One shot or one drink, your liver takes an hour to process it. Mm -hmm. So... If your liver is backed up for hours and hours and hours because you're consuming enough, like alcohol, it's all going to hit you at once. Mm-hmm. So that's why maybe not drink. Yeah. <laughs> and I know yeah. that's unrealistic yep. and it's selfish for me to ask you to do that. No, I... Your life journey in, is, is yours alone. But if there's anything that I could do to prevent you going down slippity sloops, loops, yeah. I would love to protect you. The best way that I can. Yeah. And um, maybe drinking slower when you're out. So it's not a consistent will just going over and, yeah. and like, spinning. Drinking is something I don't like to do. Yeah. I like that you don't like to I drink. Yeah. Like, I will argue with my friends. Like, I'm not drinking. Like, yeah. I don't want to drink. Like, yeah. I don't want to drink because yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. Alcohol is just... It doesn't make me feel good after. I don't like the way I feel like. I don't like the feeling that I can't take control over myself yeah. or my body or something happens. I don't have control over it. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing like, fear, you did that last night. And Ooh. I'm just like. Anxiety is a bitch. Yeah, I'm just like. Anxiety. What? When did I do that? Like a while ago. It's like in high school when I was like partying, partying, partying. And after this weekend, sorry. Um, and I got so drunk that. I had like five girls that I didn't even know, like all in the bathroom, and everyone's in like in my private area because I thought there was a tampon stuck inside oh, yeah. of me. He told me. And for one, there wasn't, and everyone's like, "There's no tampon," and I had people I didn't even know. Most embarrassing. So after that, I've 
you would never catch me getting like that messed up. Blacked out drunk. Yeah. Blacked out drunk is not funny. It's embarrassing. Yeah. That I mean, especially today with the technology that is out today. Yes. You don't know if they are recording. Mm-hmm. You don't know if they're gonna utilize that footage for later. There's a lot of things that you have to take in consideration when you decide that you're gonna overly consume alcohol mm-hmm. or drugs. Yeah. You have to protect yourself. Yeah. Um so please just be careful. When you are consuming and be more aware of the people that you're hanging out with and Mm -hmm. what they're doing when you are blacked out in the bathroom with a whole bunch of strangers that you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, that's dangerous. Yeah. That's just dangerous. And another dangerous thing about underage drinking is the fear of getting caught while somebody is having alcohol poison. Mm hmm. Um, and it it happens a lot in with adults as well. But when you are a teen and you know you're doing something illegal, whether you don't want to get the people that got you alcohol in trouble or you don't want to get in trouble because there's drugs and alcohol, there are so many times that children die mm-hmm. of alcohol poisoning because the friends around them just ditched them because they're scared to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So the seriousness about underage drinking is is terrifying for me as an as a parent yes um, and i i know you hear my mouth babble one a lot about underage drinking because mm-hmm. of that situation it just terrifies me because what if you are the one who gets alcohol poisoned what if everybody's too terrified to call 911 mm-hmm. what if they're too terrified to call your parents and yeah. say we need some help because she is season season or foaming at the mouth like those are the things that as a mom terrifies me yeah, about underage drinking. It's, it's, it's scary. 100%. It is, it's very scary knowing that I know that I can't protect you when you're not in my presence. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm always saying, girl, make sure that you're around people that you trust when you are yeah, doing any of these yeah. activities, because there are people can get careless. With their actions, with their words, with everything. And I'm truly grateful to have the people that I did have when I was fucked up a lot. Because they would protect me at all costs. And I was also much older than you when when I decided that I was going to partake in drugs and alcohol. But not not saying that you don't... Surround yourself with responsible young adults. Mm -hmm. It's my fear that what if they're not around? Yeah. What if nobody sees or hears the things not in front of them? Mm -hmm. Like if you disappear for an hour at a party, is one of your friends going to have that consciousness awareness? Where's theory? Where's theory? Are you going to be aware? Are you going to be responsive? Are Mm -hmm. you going to be strike into action mm-hmm. like i need to know those type of people are around you when you are consuming because i know you are that person yeah like i know and all your friends know that theory if theory is around i can relax i can yeah. consume alcohol because theory you are the number one mom caller you call mom oh i do not care you call 911 <laughs> you you make sure that they're okay if your friend is not there you're the first one to be like where are they? You mm-hmm. have called me multiple times. Was like, I can't find such and such. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. And crying. We, yeah, cry. Like, so I know that 
you are that person. I don't know how other people's kids are. Yeah. Because we've had a situation yeah. where, not with you, but, you know, that was scary. And yeah. that was a realization for me that not everybody is as awake yeah. as you are Yeah. when it comes to partying. You can't catch me. I will call God himself <laughs> if I cannot get a hold of you, your parents, God, phone number, 911. If I can't get in touch with someone that's higher up than me, it's yeah. going to be the end of the world. I will go to Walmart and be like, listen, like, yeah. I need you help. I need your help. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, yeah, and that's important. It's a huge responsibility. Yeah. I mean, like, I would want someone to do that for me. And but do you do you know anybody that would do that for you? I know a person that would do that for me. I know, I know. Outside of me, Tina and Jennifer, I I do. I I believe deep in my heart that Haley won't let anything happen to you. Never. No. Yeah. Um. But thank you for listening in today's episode of Eating Rotten Apples. Uh, if you have not already, tune in to our YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok and Rotten Apples podcast. Woohoo! Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening with us. This is Danny with a Y. This is Danny with an I. And you just eating rotten apples. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> that was my apple impersonation. Yep. Yes, it was. <laughs>